Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Habern Building in Louisville, Kentucky. You're listening to Forward Radio. That's WFMP-LP Louisville, 106.5 on your FM dial. We're also live streaming now, so you can listen to us anywhere in the world if you go to forwardradio.org. Folks, we're uh, very lucky to have Ron Whitehead here with us today. Ron Whitehead is a poet, musician, writer, professor, editor, and activist. Uh, Ron, welcome to our show. Hi there, young man. It's an honor to be on your program. It was great to, just through beautiful synchronicity, to, uh, to run into you as we were both walking through Cherokee Park the other morning, I appreciate you uh, saying something to me, which led to a wonderful conversation. Folks, we don't want to forget. We're going to talk about Ron Whitehead's origin story and his latest projects and so on and so forth. But right here in Louisville, we all want to keep our parks open to everyone. That is, uh, we're very lucky here. We have uh, Olmstead Parks here, one of the most intact uh, Olmstead Park Systems left. Frederick Law Olmstead, the father of landscape architecture, did Central Park in New York. And so there's a move by some folk to shut down access to the park uh, uh, and just limit it to sort of healthy people, uh, you know, runners and walkers and bicyclists, which is, you know, those are great things to do as long as you can do them. So, and you've got some opinions on that. So we want to share that for, I think that's important. I, sh- I sure do. I mean, I'll jump in right there because I wrote um, a letter to the editor, which the Courier Journal, thank you, published and the, just the other day. And um, the morning of, of, we saw, we saw each other in the park at my, when I first heard about this debate, first of all, when the pandemic started and they shut the parks down to drive automobile traffic, I was disappointed. I, I didn't like that. I've been an athlete all my life, and um, as professor, I was never one of the professors who looked down on athletes being one myself, and so many great writers have been athletes and so I've always and I believe that athletes have the same right everybody does to speak out on anything they want to talk about including political issues so anyway I mean to turn the parks our beautiful parks which I love absolutely love and spent a lot spend a lot of time in to turn them into open air gymnasiums for healthy people bicyclists, walkers, runners, my first response was nature. I love nature. You know, let's let's keep things as natural as possible in this urban industrial age we live in. And then within seconds, I thought, well, think of all the people that would exclude. Um, so I decided to write the piece and mention um, the elderly the sick, the disabled, parents with small children, single moms and dads with small children, families who have family homecoming gatherings and picnics, um, who would be, who can't park in the limited parking spaces outside of park boundaries and then walk 
the distance necessary to get to a place where activities can take place. Um, and so you have cut out a large portion of the people who not only deserve but have the legal right to have access to our beautiful parks. And it's worked just fine to have one lane open for automobiles and bicycles and the other for walkers and runners. Let's just keep it that way. And I think that's the fair way. And I, the other thing is, since we live in such a legalistic society, which I can't stand, um, you're looking at lawsuits, I believe, from people um, who who would be refused admittance if we kept vehicles out of the parks. All right, that's my point of view on the subject. Thank you so much, Ron. Uh, and thank you for writing, writing the letter. Uh, uh, so... Tell us how Ron Whitehead got to be Ron Whitehead. I mean, Ron Whitehead does a lot of things, but how did all this happen? It's a 70-year-long story. You know, I'm 70 now, which I tell people all the time, I'm getting younger and older um, every day faster than ever. And I, when I was a boy, I felt old. Now that I am 70, I, I feel like a kid. I feel all of it at the same time as I always have. I always had the greatest respect for folks of all generations. And when I was a kid, as I still do, I love talking with people of all ages and hearing their stories about their lives. I grew up on a wild nature Kentucky farm. I come from a long line of farmers, coal miners, um, deeply spiritual people, strong women, hard workers, and uh, just good people. And But I've always felt <laughs> like I was uh, an outsider, an outcast, and I felt like I was part of, I love the people I was around and family and friends, but I've always been looking for my people, too. And I graduated from high school when I was 17, left home, hoping to leave Kentucky and never come back again. And um, and it wasn't until I was living in Arizona where I lived for a year. I've lived here, there, traveled in countries around the world. Poetry um, has been such a precious gift to me and has taken me all over the world. But I was living in Arizona, and I started having... Um, lucid dreams and dreams that took me back to my earliest memories to my childhood and and the good memories started coming back to me not just the anger and the rage and the pain but uh, memories about the beauty of nature and the love of of family and friends and so that's when the healing began and up at that point i had created seven writers different names, writing in different genres, and winning some awards and getting stuff published. And, um, and, and I, but when I, when the healing started, um, I found my voice as a writer and I claimed my roots. Um, and I started writing in my own name, Ron Whitehead, and it changed my life. And so then as a teacher, I, I wanted to help students develop the simplest, fastest way to find their original voice as writers 
and his people. It's a simultaneous thing that occurs. And you talk about origins. There is nothing more important than our origin. We are first and foremost ourselves. And the story of our lives is the most important story to us. And so when we write our own stories down, then we find ourselves and claim, no matter what kind of background we have, uh, from the hood to the holler, as Charles Booker's put it, the best campaign slogan to ever come out of Kentucky. And I'm a big Charles Booker, AOC, and Bernie Sanders fan. Um, And so it's no matter where you come from, if you grow up rough, um, you know, I grew up rough and I grew but I grew up beautiful, beautifully. And, uh, I learned to be a warrior, but I learned compassion. My dad taught me how to be a warrior and mama taught me compassion. And so, you know, we take the, the lessons we've learned, we remember them and we fold those into our own experience and make them our own and let them come out in our own unique way. I think we're all dirty potatoes floating in the same tub of polluted water, and the more we openly, honestly share the story of our lives, the more we come clean and and realize that we have a lot more. We respect our beautiful differences, but we have a lot more in common than we have different. So I always, wherever I travel, I want to hear other people's stories. Where did you grow up? What was life like for you? And so, and then I got friends all over the world, and I have found in my travels, no matter where I go, no matter who I meet, if I'm friendly, 99% of the time, people are going to be friendly to me. Doesn't matter what other people look like, what their origin stories are. So, that's my origin. That's in in a nutshell. (laughs) So, uh... So here you are. Uh, now, are you originally from Kentucky? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, the Kentucky is, and I wherever I go, I preach the Kentucky gospel. I am a Kentucky boy, and, uh, and what part of Kentucky are you from? I, I grew up in Ohio County in western Kentucky. Uh, my dad worked at the coal mines for forty some years. I worked at the coal mines three times. I've done. Uh, factory jobs, construction work, sales, retail management, and I taught college and university for 20 years, and uh, I went to college right out of high school. I was just too wild, and I got bored with college after three years. I dropped out, started a family, raised three kids. I've been married three times. I got seven um, I have three grown kids, seven grandchildren, and two godchildren in Iceland, where I lived for two years. So, um, so I, yeah, you know, got I, a lot to write about. I, I do, you know, and I'll tell you what, um, the school of hard knocks is the best school of all, and the more experience we have, the more gold we have to mine to draw stories, poems and stories from. And by the time we leave home, whatever age we leave home, whether it's 12 or 16 or 18, um, 
we are rich with experience and we just got to turn to it and embrace it and don't let society um, society works hard and you can't blame anybody for this it's just the way things are set up to make us yes people to get us to agree with whatever and do whatever we're told to do and you know few people agree with me on anything and I think that's beautiful um I think that's great. Dialogue is so important. You know, let's talk about our what we disagree on, and let's agree to to disagree and be friends. But uh, <clears throat> but I we all have a nonstop river of creative fire flowing through us. We all have original thought, original voices, original expression, and we've got to claim it as our own. And I don't care if if say we have an experience i have an experience you have an experience and 10 people were there and you decide to write about it and other people say no that's not the way it happened or you just tell them hey you write your own story you have your own experience i was there this is my experience and uh, so that's critical as a writer and as a poet and i think as a human being claim your own life as your own don't let other people uh push you into a corner of thinking that their way is better than yours okay so uh ron uh what's your commentary on this sort of the, the interesting time in history that we live in i mean uh kentucky has got a progressive governor but a sort of backward looking state legislature it's got uh, Louisville's the biggest city. We're living here in the biggest city in the state, about 750,000 people. Kentucky's got about four and a half million people. Uh, so I, I, said, I think I said Louisville had 750,000, about 22% black. Uh, got a sort of a, a progressive mayor and, uh, you know, mildly progressive metro council here in Louisville. Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, so... Uh, mixed reviews, but uh, coming out of Washington, D.C., you know, we had January 6th with uh, IKS, and for some people might think it was like uh, uh, the Southerners firing on Fort Sumter, but, uh, 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 you know, are we heading toward a civil war? But then we've got uh, the sort of the gentlemanly Joe Biden as president, and, and uh, we hope he's going to calm everybody down. He's he's got a, he's trying to be Franklin Delano Roosevelt and... Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 sort of uh, Lyndon Johnson without the Vietnam. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, last year, of course, uh, we had the uh, George Port Floyd Breonna Taylor protest. You know, we had more young po- young white people and white people of all ages joining with blacks in sort of the struggle for for justice around police brutality mm-hmm. that we ever had before. So. <clears throat> You know, which way we're going, Ryan? Well, I think I'm blessed to live in the most interesting of times. I'm glad to be here right now. And, yes, our our last president, Donald Trump, brought every racist out of every— out from under every rock and out of from every closet across the country, and we discovered discovered something I knew that racists aren't just in the South; they're all over the country, and we live in it's one of the most racist nations in the world. But you know what? You study the world a little bit, and you'll find out that there's racism everywhere. Um, 
And so the Civil War started, the, the new Civil War started when Barack Obama, who I remain a big fan of, uh, became president. That's when the races started coming out because he didn't want a black man in the White House. And, and so it got worse from there, and one thing led to another, and there we have a person I never thought would end up getting elected, Donald Trump, being elected. And it just got worse and worse. And January 6th was the culmination. It was amazing that more people weren't injured and hurt. But that was uh, the Fort Sumter call to action from by the racist that we are at war. And uh, believe me, we're not out of the woods by any means. Uh, but Joe Biden and Kamala Harris weren't even on my radar as to who I wanted um, and to get elected, but but as a progressive, and and which is the new term for someone who wants universal health care, which I do, and uh, Social Security and Medicare for everyone, uh, expansion of, of, I have always been a warrior for the working class that, and for the downtrodden, the poor, for children, the elderly, those who can't fend for themselves. And all my life I have been, I've been a fighter for equal rights for women, for gays and lesbians, for People are outcasts and not accepted by mainstream society. And I, I rewrote the Declaration of Independence to include everybody. And I, and it'll never happen, but I think that those three main documents that our country was founded upon, our country which was born out of slavery, racism, and the genocide of 90% of the native indigenous peoples by the white Europeans, um, it was founded by white male property owners. So I think the, De- the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights should all be rewritten and updated to include all people, um, equal rights for everybody. So Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have surprised me. And at this time of... Um, more than civil unrest, uncivil, um, the anarchy that the capital invasion, um, Biden has proven, you know, the one thing that has impressed me more than anything about Biden and Harris is that they have brought the most multicultural group of people into positions of power to run, to lead this country at this critical time. And I have been impressed by that. And Biden's first hundred days have impressed me. He has proven to be, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's got several generations, children, grandchildren. He's listening to the younger voices and he's listening to Kamala Harris. And I think they're both leaning towards um, at AOC, I'm the, 
and Charles Booker, I, you know, I spoke with him when he was running against McGrath, who should have never run for office. That was a farce. And I wish he had won. I told him, I said, you know, I want what I want, I said, is I want AOC to run for president and you to be her running mate. He said, let me just win this election first. <laughs> I'm hopeful that he'll run against Rand Paul. What an idiot. I mean, that guy, you're talking about a major loser. <laughs> How did he get into office? Kentucky is this beautiful place where these unique, original, iconoclastic individuals, people who stand up against the system the way things have been um, and fight for the rights of all people. We dwell here. It's a place where diamonds are created because of the intense pressure that comes from all sides here that will break you and attempt to break you and uh, to reshape you and so you got to grow strong you got to develop your willpower to live here because this state is despite the the natural beauty is is full of uh, idiots you know we're all we're all wise fools and more often than not we're fools and i'm speaking for myself here too but we we have deep soul wisdom but we've got to allow that wisdom to shine in us and we don't allow that to happen often enough but i'm hopeful i mean i was so hopeful after george uh, george floyd and uh the verdict the, the after, after the murder after the murder of george floyd and um and brianna taylor the murderers of both of them to see the young people of all ages of our nation, black and supported by white, in uh, I'd say equal numbers uh, often. Um, I was encouraged, so encouraged by that. And then I, I was, I, like everybody else, I was sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for the verdict the other day. Not, I thought maybe manslaughter, maybe the least, the lowest of the offenses. And I was startled by the verdict and i hope chauvin gets the maximum sentence that was cold-blooded murder and our police need to be our police system rooted in four just talking about systemic racism it goes back 400 years to the the beginnings of slavery our police system still is rooted in that same origin story and it you know i wish we could just go across and retire and fire everybody in the country um and and those who want to stay completely rehabilitate and retrain them uh to make them um the mindful <laughs> and community oriented um and and but, but we live in a complicated world, and there are no easy answers, and we got to remember that. And the, the majority of police are men and women are good people. And I'm glad to see finally see some of the good ones speaking out and standing up in a George Floyd case and, and saying it's that was— that we have good people in spite of a bad system. It, exactly. And that takes so much courage, so much courage. And, um, and so I'm glad to see— 
people finding that courage and speaking out now, finally. And I'm hopeful. I will remain hopeful all my life that we can find a way to heal ourselves and heal this earth. So have you got a poem you wanted wanted to read read for us, Brian? Well, just one that bothers me uh, that was born out of the mess that we experienced in four years with Trump that we're still in. It's I call BS on white persecution in the USA. I've been called every name in the book. I have received numerous death threats, all because of the way I look, all because of what I write, all because I'm an iconoclast, all because I'm a poet activist, all because I stand up and speak out, all because I refuse and I will not bow down, all because I choose to go my own way. I question everything, especially my own self, but I have never felt persecuted for being a white man living in the USA. I grew up on a Kentucky farm. I come from a long line of farmers, coal miners, and strong men and women. I have never felt persecuted for being white in the USA. I hear whining, complaining, threatening from so many white folks declaring they're being persecuted for being white in the USA. I call BS. Stop your lame, whining, complaining, threatening. Suck it up. Learn to change, to grow, to live with others who aren't like you. Be a man. Be a woman. Be your own original self. Quit following the crowd. Lend a hand. Lift others up. Be brave. Be bold. Have compassion. Imagine what life is like to not be white today living in the USA. This isn't your country. There's nothing to take back. This is our country. White Europeans stole this land from the people who were here before them. We're all immigrants. Grow up. Get a job. Get a life. Find a dream. Then build a bridge from where you are to living and being your dream. Stop whining and complaining and blaming and threatening others. I call BS on white persecution in the USA. Thank you, Ron. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. That's a heck of a poem. Uh, uh, and it really touches on... Uh, I do remember when uh, the federal building uh, blew up in uh, Oklahoma City and everybody thought it was uh, Arab terrorists and I wasn't, 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 wasn't so sure. And, uh, and then it turned out it was... Uh, uh, like an ex-soldier, and I said, uh, don't let a white man get out of the Army and not have a good job waiting for him, a good-looking girlfriend, and a new car. Because if a white man gets out of the Army and he doesn't have a, a good job, a new car, and a good-looking girlfriend, a federal building will blow up. So, uh, and, and that's a good point. And 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 look at look at who invaded the capital and look at who is responsible for all these mass the vast a majority of the mass of the United States mass, Air Force Academy took part in this. Yeah, that's right. And look look at who is is committing mm-hmm. most of these mass murders in the United States, young white men. So, you know, it, this double standard has lasted too long, long enough. It's time to change everything from the ground up. And I've been working on that since the 60s, and I'm, sa- I'm glad to, be, to see so many millions of, of people uh, on the streets and demonstrating and but what's got to happen it's got to happen the laws have got to change the laws have got to change in regards to police and the activities of police and law enforcement in this country and so that's what i'm pulling for i will never get over the fact that on january the 6th a graduate of the united states air force academy at colorado springs uh, a former commissioned officer of the united states military took part in that uh, 
invasion of the United States Capitol. And he wasn't the only officer. There was an Army officer who took part, too. And, and retired policemen and replacement who were still working in other cities were taking part They, you know, in that. I just, I'll just never get over, over that. that. As we paid for the education of that former Air Force officer who got his education from the taxpayers, and that and that's what he does with it. I agree, and it and it sickens my stomach to see the way those white folks who invaded the Capitol were treated as compared to if they had been any other people who had invaded the Capitol. They would have been shot. They would have been mowed down. They would have been beaten, bloody, um, and so it's um, just. <laughs> We're in, a ter- we're in a terrible but, place. But we've got some good things going on we do. here in the We do, country. and we got we got to remember that, and I'm, I'm going to continue praising all the folks who are doing all the good work to make things right for everybody and to, to lock up these people who are— um, And one of the good things we got going on, folks, we got Ron Whitehead here with us. And so, Ron, I want to thank you thank for you. being here uh, with us on our show. You've been great. You do great work. Keep doing what you're doing.